At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare it's freddie prince jr and jeff died back in the ring wrestling with freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season hey jeff are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. Yeah, what up, folks? Welcome in. It's The Edge here on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm back from my undisclosed and very secret location, working on very big things. Very big things. Matt Humans alongside. We got a good show on tap. Keith Smith's going to be with us, covers the Celtics, does a great job. I think we're going to talk NBA Finals with Keith. What do you think? Yeah, let's do that. Keith is. Uh... A Celtics insider, let's put it that way. So uh, we'll get inside the team that lost by 20 last night in Golden State. But they head home with home court advantage nah, it's in the NBA Finals. It's, uh, it's over. What are you talking about? Well, I, I still think, you know, like I said from the beginning, it's going to be a long series. There were some doubts about that after game one, but it still looks like it's going to be a long series. Anyway, you're doubling up today. You hosted a numbers game early this morning. Did you just take a nap here at the South Point and – Walk back over here to host this show, or no, did you go home? It was one of those soft spots where it's like it's not enough time. Like, it's it's too far between shows to stick around. Right. And it's not enough time for me to go home and really take a nap, especially when I had to do other things, like be a dad. Uh, so, you know, no, I did not take a nap. I will tell you that I might need one. But I did take some espresso, <laughs> and um, I feel it's starting to flow. So I think we're going to be good. So let's go back to last night because uh, I have a couple of things I wanted to discuss from here. So 107-88, the final score. Uh, Warriors closed in some spots a five-point favorite yesterday mm-hmm. um, because, you know, the bounce back, the desperation, they got to win. They got Their backs were against the wall. I heard that a lot yesterday. And their backs were against the wall, and they responded in a very big way. Um, so there's a lot of things to discuss from this, but I think the first thing is, Matt, um, 
coaches are pretty good at their jobs. And you saw some of the adjustments that Steve Kerr and the Golden State Warriors um, decided to enact yesterday. One of them being, hey, defensively, we're just going to get up in these dudes' jerseys and decide not to let them get easy three-point shots. And it worked. The first quarter, three-point shots were going down. But after that, they stopped. And the Celtics had pretty much nothing from there on out. It was turnovers. It was bad play defensively. And it was a team that looked like the team we've actually seen quite a bit in this postseason. How many times have we watched the Celtics in this postseason put together a performance after a really big win and go, what the hell is this team doing? Yeah. And it looked like that team again yesterday. We've seen the Warriors do the same thing, too. Yeah. Uh, both, Like I said before the series, both these teams are capable of uh, laying an egg. And last night the Celtics did that. They did score 30 points in the first quarter and started well. Uh, the problem is they averaged about 20 points in uh, the final three quarters. And the threes weren't dropping at the same rate they were in game one. They actually didn't shoot a poor percentage last night, 40%, 15 for 37. Uh, but they just didn't make many after the first quarter. They didn't make enough. And, uh, I, you know, that's part of the bounce-back theory. And I know that the average better doesn't think everything through. But part, part of the bounce-back is adjustments. And the Warriors coaching staff is going to adjust the rotations. Uh, they're going to adjust their defensive uh, philosophy a little bit. And also, I thought the, um, the Warriors players are going to play with uh, a lot more sense of urgency last night. And aside from a couple of early defensive lapses, I think you did see that. And uh, that's all part of – that's why I can't say – I can't put an exact number on what it's worth. You know, you could say um, – You're talking about like a bounce back? Yeah you, yeah, you say, well, what's it worth to the number? Is it worth a point? Market said it was worth a point and a half. Point and a some half. Spots closed one, closed five. See, and my thinking on that is it could be worth a hell of a lot more. Yeah. Like that's why I didn't want. There's no way I was going to bet the Celtics in game two, just because I'm a, more of a situational handicapper, and that's a terrible situation to bet the Celtics. And and I understand the people who are going to make an argument for bet, betting the Celtics last night, um, and and think there's value in the number, but it wasn't going to surprise me at all if the Warriors won last night's game in a blowout. That's just because. If you follow the NBA long enough, that's the way things work more often than not. And I think a favorite in an NBA playoff series that's down 1-0 has now covered 10 of the last 11. Yeah, so Kazeri, Doug Kazeri And that's that typically there, the yeah. way this thing works in the NBA playoffs. Yeah. Uh, well, either the favorite or, or the home team that was down, the team with home court advantage mm -hmm. down one nothing, because um, obviously we can have situations in which that team is not favored, but the home team down one nothing in the series with home court, yeah, now 10 out of the last 11, uh, according to Doug Kazarian over at uh, ESPN. And uh, look, and I'm one of those two. This, I brought this up earlier today when I was on a numbers game, um, and I've actually, you and I have talked about this before. My blind spot, I think, as a handicapper is, I, like, you know me, I kind of poo-poo situations and spots. I did it in game one when we talked mm -hmm. about the tired nature or the experience and all that stuff that worked out for me there. And here in game two, I was like, I'll take five? What, what are we doing? Like, we're just we're bumping this up a point and a half because the backs are against the wall. Mm -hmm. and, and I got burned with it. But it, that's my blind spot, I think, as a handicapper. You know, I, I'm very data-driven, as you know, and I'll look at it and go, situation be damned. Give me the team that should be a – I at least make a two-and-a-half-point underdog in this game. Yeah, I understand that. I was, uh, to me, in the NBA playoffs, especially situations are stronger sometimes than, than the number adjustment yeah. oh, for sure. uh, might indicate. So as we now look at this uh, as we move forward, because there's a couple of angles to look at. First off is, so now we talk about game three. And how about this? Multiple shops have the Warriors as the slight favorite in this series. We're mm -hmm. talking about minus 115. Uh, DraftKings' last look had the Celtics as the favorite at minus 115. Well, let me ask you this. As we go back to Boston for game three, is it going to surprise you at all if this series is 2-2 going back to Golden State for game five? No, it wouldn't surprise no, me. No, of course not. No. 
Um, but I would say, I would also say, like, to be honest with you, these teams, these two teams are really good and they're very well coached. Would any of the three outcomes would surprise you? Would it be surprising if the Golden State Warriors were up 3-1? Would it be surprising if the Celtics were up 3-1? It would, would, it it would surprise me if the Warriors won both games in Boston. Yeah, it would? Yeah. Okay, because yeah. I think like, th- these are two, when you're at this point of the stage, obviously, because this is the NBA Finals, uh, nothing would surprise me in terms of how good these teams can be. Uh, but I would say this, I think the Celtics should be favored in the series when you're talking about, again, how I have them as a better team, how you have the next two games at home and they're going to be laying at the very least three and a half in both mm-hmm. of those games. Uh, it is surprising that I'm just surprised that the betting market is so gung ho about Golden State in this series. Like overwhelming support in Game One, overwhelming support in Game Two. Favored in the series now going back despite not having home court. I am very surprised by that. I'm a little bit surprised by it. Uh, I think the the public generally is going to side with the favorite and the team that's been there yeah. and done that. But and I mean, some of this is uh, influ- influential money, right? I mean, you wouldn't be moving certain number all that. Like there is some respected money out there on Golden State. Yeah, there is. But I I think in general. From what I could gather, talking to bookmakers and just talking to sharper yeah. betters, the sharper betters, the majority are on Seems the underdog, like that, that on I've the Celtics, to, yeah. on the Celtics going into the series, and there's just an overwhelming amount of public money also on the Golden State side, and of course some sharps. You never have all the sharps on one side. We talking about that. All the pros versus Joes. It's what happens all the uh, time, man. It's, it's never like that. But uh, fade the pu- hashtag fade the public hashtag. I don't know what the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm expecting these teams to split in Boston. I just don't know which game the Celtics are going to win, which game the Warriors are going to win. Uh, and it goes back to Gold- Golden State for game five, tied 2-2. But if you're on Boston, like I am in the series, you're, you're, you've got a much bigger investment on the Celtics. You're not afraid of it because they can obviously win on the road. They can win in San Francisco. So I don't think the home court means as much. In this series, both these teams have proven they can win games on the road. Uh, how do you feel about the number adjustment in this series? <laughs> I kind of laugh. I see the Warriors at home, minus four and a half, and you go to Boston, and the Celtics are three and a half or four. Well, I mean, so this is the thing. If, if you're talking about game one, it's right in line with where we were, right? I've talked about it a lot. Home court's now worth about three and a half points. So if you're talking about where game one was, then this translates perfectly. Three and a half in San Francisco, three and a half back in Boston. To me, actually, that this number sitting at three and a half is another like feather in the cap of my, my evidence, which is you were laying an inflated number in game two. Like it was the wrong side. Yes, you got it, but you were wrong in game two to lay that because it was an inflated number at five. Uh, you, were not, was up there. you were not wrong to lay that. Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I think you were. Just because the result they lost by twenty, yeah, it was the result. The results-based thinking is not the best way to go no, about it. But the, the situation was so strong. See, that, and that's, <laughs> that's where that's our difference comes in. And but regardless, a, uh, like it does seem that three and a half has been like what home court has been valued at. So this is just like a translation back to well, Boston. now home court's three and a half, which is interesting because throughout the season we were here home court. I think prove, was proven to be regular about a, season a point was like and one and a half. half. Yep, a point and a half. And now we get to the finals, and it's three and a half. But you have two teams that are more than capable of winning well, on the road. And that's why yeah. I wanted to bring up to you. Uh, is Golden State because they're three and four straight up. They're two and five against the spread with a negative 8.7 net rating on the road mm-hmm. in this postseason. They throw some cluckers on the road. We saw what happened in Memphis. Those first two games of that series, they were not very good. I yeah. think you could use the, the L word a little lucky to escape game one of that Memphis series. Remember where Clay misses two free throws and then oh. they go down and John Morant's got a shot to potentially win that game. They lose a game in Denver as well. Um, 
I would say that I, I am curious how the Warriors respond on the road because of these two teams, the Celtics have been the much better road team than the, than the Warriors have. And you also have, if you sure. want a situation, mm -hmm. the uh, Boston Celtics, 66% in terms of ATS after losses this season. Right. Uh, that would be, of course, regular season and postseason. So they've been really good after a loss. Okay. Well, that's why I said I would be surprised if the Warriors won both games yeah. in Boston. Right, yeah. And you wouldn't be? I mean, I wouldn't be shocked. <laughs> I would be really surprised if the Warriors won both games in Boston. Like you said, I don't think they're as strong on the road as the Celtics are. The Celtics are a little bit better road team. Mm. And the Warriors, even though they've won a game in each series on the road, I don't think they've proven to be a great road team. Mm. It's just like they're, they can win games on the road, but I don't think they've been dominant on the road. And look at the opponents they beat. Right. I, don't, I don't have the utmost respect for Denver or Dallas uh, I don't think the first of all those Memphis teams without don't, John Morant and Memphis without Morant. Those, <laughs> so uh, Boston's going to be uh, uh, Celtics going to be a different animal to deal with this week. I I'm still, I think the most likely result here is a split in Boston. You go back to San Francisco where we started going into Game Five at a two-two series. But uh, the more likely, if a team's going to win two games, it's going to be the Celtics. Obviously, it tells you that. They're three-and-a-half-point favorites at home in games one and uh, game two. Or, yeah. excuse me, game three and game four. Yeah, I'll go full heel. 3-1 Boston by the time okay. we go to San Francisco. Let's go. I mean, that's not going to surprise me if that happens. I said I would be most surprised if the Warriors won two in Boston. Just can't see that happening. Yeah. I know a lot of public betters think the Warriors are just a better team <laughs> and that they're going to still win this series in six games, and last night's result was confirmation of that. I just think the Warriors did what they had to do last night. They made defensive adjustments. Their backs um, were against the wall. Yeah, they, they, played, they actually played a lot harder. Uh, I think especially in the second half, they were a lot more focused. And didn't, then the Celtics, I'm not going to say they looked tired, but, man, what was wrong with the Celtics in the third quarter last night? Again? Third quarter so far? They've been outside. Wow. i got to get the third exact number. Third quarter's been – they're minus like 38 in the third quarter of the series or something like that? Yeah, it has it's not been, been an good. embarrassment how bad Boston's been in these third quarters. All right. Well, we'll get back to the NBA Finals. Keith Smith uh, on the other side. I, I guess we'll talk about the magic number, Matt Humans. That would be 11. We'll discuss when we come back. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. 
Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, the VSIN summer special is here. Only $39. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of July. Wow. Adam Burke's daily baseball best bets, JVTs on the NBA. Andy McNeil on hockey. If you want the full VSIN experience, including the daily best bet emails, every edition of Point Spread Weekly, and more. Cost is only $39 to be a subscriber through July 31st. Sign up now, vcin.com slash summer. All right, I mentioned the, uh, the magic number, 11. That would, of course, I walk in today into the studio, I open the door, and I hear, yeah, 11. And I'm like, oh, boy, I know what we're talking about already. Uh, the yeah, Angels, baby. Yeah, they're back, uh, back to being a 500 team. They have lost 11 consecutive games, and uh, as we were talking about off the air, Matt, they are now finding creative and wonderful ways to do so, like blowing a 5 nothing run lead yesterday in Philadelphia, but you know, coming back out, they're up 6-2, you're feeling fine, you're up by 4, you're cruising through, you're going to be great until you give up a game-tying grand slam to Bryce Harper, and then a three-run shot to walk it off to the nine-hole guy, Bryson Stott, or whatever the hell his name is, uh, to eventually lose this game and lose your 11th consecutive one. Stott's from Vegas. Yeah? Yeah. Cool. First-round pick. His first two home runs uh, this weekend against the Angels. So it's, it's interesting. When you look at the Phillies, Joe Girardi fired previous to the series. They hated it. And uh, we had Wayne Krisky, former Reds GM, on the show Friday, and he said, uh, yeah, I don't like the Angels in this spot. They're coming off this, this sweep when they were uh, – Embarrassed in New York, and Phillies. Anytime you have a coach or manager change, it's almost an automatic uh, play on in the first game. Well, the way the Angels were in a tailspin, and the way the Phillies won Friday night's game easily, I think the sharp money was just going to ride out the weekend on the Phillies. Yeah, and 
see how long the streak will last. Obviously, the uh, I, I think the anti-Joe Girardi people are the ones who say that the uh, Phillies need to make a change of manager, need a new voice. You have to keep in mind that uh, the Phillies were catching the right opponent at the right time here. Uh, they're not going to continue to win every game just because they, they switch faces or switch voices in the dugout. They caught uh, basically the worst team in baseball at the right time, and I think that's why Dave Dombrowski knew that, hey, let's make the manager change now. Yeah. We got the Angels coming in. Uh, look at the way their pitching rotation set up for the weekend. We can win three games, and we get some momentum all of a sudden, and that's what happens. And it looks like the Phillies are going to lose yesterday. They're down 5-0, but that Angels bullpen – it's it's been a wreck. I was gonna say it wasn't. I don't think it was a coincidence that in this game the Angels were off to their best start because arguably their best rotation guy in Patrick Sandoval uh, got the start and performed relatively well. Right, four and two thirds, two earned runs. So to your point about the rotation setting up nicely for him. Well, I don't I don't think anybody really fears anyone in that Angels rotation at this point. Uh, even Noah Syndergaard got pummeled by the Yankees and knocked out in the third inning in the Bronx. Uh, really, from top to bottom, the pitching staff is is a mess at this point. Mm-hmm. It's not gone well. I, and, you know, and Joe Madden's going to catch a lot of the blame. And I, I don't think Madden's a great manager by any stretch. I mean, he used to be. I, I think um, it, it was a good story when he was in Tampa Bay and they had a low budget. And he was doing a great job. But look, Thanks. Joe Madden left the Rays, and they're still doing. They've been doing the same thing for years right. without uh, Madden in the dugout. So it's more the organization than it was. The guy sitting on the top step, and, and like I made the joke, you could have you could have woke you could have told me in the middle of that baseball game that it was 2017 or 2019, right? right? Like it's the same thing with the Angels consistently, and you would think at some point uh, they start to address the issues with like real decisions. Mm-hmm. And the, the last draft, they spent every single one of their picks on a pitcher, so they're really trying to bolster the farm system. Um, but what do we talk about coming into the offseason? I got wrapped up into a good start. Right with the Angels, in I the think World a lot Series of people bet. did. Hey, they were twenty-seven and seventeen before yep. the skid, and uh, they had some big wins. Shohei Otani's been looking great as a pitcher and a hitter. Uh, if you look through the Angels lineup, I think there are a lot of positives there. Uh, but then all of a sudden, the wheels fell off in a hurry. Yep, but it's trying to buy low on certain guys in mm-hmm. your starting rotation, Noah Syndergaard and others. It's trying to get some discounts to the bullpen and seeing if you can patch it together as you move forward. And sure enough, here they are. And they get a game tonight, so we'll see if maybe this is the spot where you could bounce back uh, at <laughs> not exactly a cheap price. Hey, here's the thing, though. Uh, you get Boston coming in, yeah. and Boston might be just 27-27, and 27, but they are mashing. They are, I think, 12-5 and five in their last 17 games. Across those 17 games, they lead the league in multiple offensive categories. So it's not like you're getting a team uh, who offensively is going to struggle in a park actually, that might help them out. No, you're right. And actually, overnight, I saw the Angels price around minus 125 in yep, this game. This has dropped. And the, this is a Red Sox or pass spot all the way at that price. Now, at, at the current price, I'm just going to pass on Red Sox to even money or plus 102. But overnight, when the Angels were a buck 25, buck 30, you can't lay that with a team that's lost 11 in a row. And on top of that, as you and I were talking about before, Taylor Ward's out of the lineup. He's on the injured list. He's batting 330 with 10 homers. Joe Adele's back, though. Okay. <laughs> Mike Trout's on an 0 for 26 skit. Yep. Uh, you, it's just, as a baseball better, you can't be laying a price with a team on an 11-game win streak. If, if they had lost five in a row and you said, well, I'm going to bet on the Angels to bounce back, now you've lost six bets in a row. Have you, uh, is there a price in which you – does it have to be a plus price? Like, how low does this go where you actually look at Anaheim? Because we're I'm not going to look at the Angels at all. No, not at all? Game. No, no, okay. no. I mean, because just considering 
where these prices, you and I have discussed this before, how the Angels at times can be priced at home. Right. And it can be really high. Um, and to the point of, do you bounce? Do you do you bet on them to bounce back at home? Uh, road splits for Mike Trout are incredible. He's like well, he's almost like 350, I think, at home. Flat and a flat 200 on the road. Noah Syndergaard at home, 351 fielding independent, 184 batting average against compared to 451 and 348 in those two categories on right. the road. Like there's a lot of stark home road splits for a lot of these players that I could see myself buying into it. But to your point. I'd rather not bet on the team looking to bust out an 11 to nothing, a, an 0 and 11 slump that they're currently in. Syndergaard is the type of guy I'd like to bet on off that bad start in New York, mm-hmm. but I just can't do it because Angels, uh, first of all, if you're going to bet it, you have to play a first five. You have to bet on Syndergaard because right. the Angels' bullpen is a bad bet. So you can't bet the full game. I think if, if you believe Syndergaard's going to have a, a strong start tonight, you got to bet Angels in first five. I'm just not going to bet it. I think the Angels right now, are, are a complete mess. The fact that they lost yesterday's game and blew that lead. Now Ward's out of the lineup. It's just a lot of negatives uh, piling up here. And the Red Sox hit the ball and uh, over the weekend in Oakland. And the Red Sox, I don't want to say they've been red hot, but they're in pretty good form going into the series. And JVT, we talk about it a lot. Uh, when a team goes on a long road trip, especially to the East Coast, and uh, the Dodgers just did this. Dodgers played 10 games on the East Coast, came home, what happened? They were flat in the first game, got beat by the Pirates, and yep. then got swept by the Pirates. Yeah, they, where they lost right. five out of the last eight or something like right. that to the Dodgers? Yeah. Angels coming back from a long East Coast trip where they couldn't win a game. Uh, the first game back home is a negative situation. So I think it's no surprise to see the money show up on the Red Sox overnight. And without a day off either. Yep, that's yeah. tough. Uh, let me ask you really quick. I wanted to bring up the Dodgers. and mentioned like the small slump that they're on. Uh, they split a four-game set with the Mets. Uh, Walker Bueller has another off night as a start the other day. Uh, Julio Arias bounces back from his poor outing against the Pirates when we saw him yesterday, although he did have a little bit of an issue with command. He walked three guys over five and a third. Yeah. Uh, but what it, like my question was, I was asking this today on a numbers game, and I'll ask you, and I think you've, you've alluded to this before, but the Dodgers, they're a really good team, so this isn't taking away from anything. But are they as good as the market has perceived them to be? Because we see those prices they were laying against the Pirates. They were, were they like $1.75 with Walker Bueller on the hill against the Mets the other night? Like, it was a really high price. Good question. You know because, I mean? uh, all right, so I was out at Stadium Swim at Circa yeah. with a group of guys from Hawaii who were here for a bachelor party, and we wanted a game to bet on that night. And there's not many games on Saturday night. It was a thin night in sports. I said, I would ride the Mets here. Let's take the Mets plus 160 against Walker Bueller because, as we talked about on last week's show, he's been pretty bad lately. He's been hit hard. Uh, unfortunately, the Dodgers got up in that game 4-1 to one after Mookie Betts hit a bit basis clearing triple. It didn't matter because Polar Bear Pete showed up with uh, a couple Over of home runs. Yeah. Yep. Uh, by the way, I think Polar Bear Pete's still a good bet to win a NL MVP with the Mets about 20 games over 500 and him putting up big uh, numbers. We've got two NL MVP bets that I feel very good about, and he is one of them, yes. Which, uh, what odds did you get on? 20 to 1. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could still find him, I think, at 10 to 1 out there in the market. But that that was actually not because I, I can say this now because the Mets won the game, but that's the type of baseball bet you look for. Yeah. You're looking for a good team at a plus – a nice fat a plus price of plus one sixty. Yeah. yeah, I got plus one sixty on the Mets that night, and uh, Walker Bueller, like I said, has has been beat up recently. If you hear the name Walker Bueller, you think, "Ah, oh, Dodgers ace." 
I can understand why he's priced that way. If you've watched him pitch recently, you want to bet against the guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I he, think you talked about that on a numbers game this morning. Yeah, I talked about it with Derek Cardi, and you yeah. look at some of those performances, man. He is he has had a small home run, a small home run issue. He's been giving up home runs after I think he's got he's given up four plus earned runs in three out of the last five outings. Walker Bueller has yeah hasn't gone well, hasn't gone well, but he's being priced. Like he's one of the best pitchers in Major League Baseball and four home runs over his last eight and a third innings of work. Got taken mm-hmm. deep twice by the Pirates, got taken deep twice by the New York Mets. All by right. the way, Polar yeah. Bear Pete right now, 11 to 1 at Bet MGM. Look yeah. around, you might be able to find slightly better in the market, but that's still a pretty good number for a guy. I think, as at worst, right now, probably the number two pick to be MVP behind Mookie Betts. Harper had the moment over the weekend. A lot of people are like that. All right, we'll come back. We get back to the NBA Finals as we talk a little bit about the Celtics' perspective and if they can bounce back as they have done all season long. This is The Edge on VSN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vsin.com to check the current betting splits data. Betting splits page shows you where the money and bets are moving for every game, updated every 10 minutes. Betting splits, another way VSIN's here to make you a smarter, better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vsin.com. A lot of great content up on the website every day. Be sure to go to vsin.com. All right, let's get back to the NBA Finals. Keith Smith is uh, nice enough to give us some time, Co- uh, covers the Boston Celtics, does a fantastic job. Not a lot of many, uh, not a lot of people know the Celtics better than Keith. So, Keith, we appreciate the time today. And I wanted to open up with uh, this for Boston. Uh, what is it about this team where we look at them in this postseason? Uh, game two against Miami, a 127-102 win. You follow that up with a dud back at home. Uh, the game two win over Milwaukee, you follow that up uh, with a dud on the road. Uh, like, w- What is it with these good performances and then coming out and looking completely different from the team that won the previous contest? Yeah, I'm not sure I, I have an answer for that. I think if I did, I did the Celtics might be... Uh, the ones paying my uh, my my bills for me, but I, I think the reality with with the Celtics is um, they just for whatever reason they take their foot off the gas. They they get maybe feeling a little overly comfortable, and then they put themselves in positions where they have to rework and then have to uh, get, get back at it. I think what Derek White said uh, before Game Seven against Miami in these finals is if it was easy, it wouldn't be us. Keith, uh, I was talking about these long series being um, important in terms of adjustments, and the Warriors made some last night in Game 2. What did you see the Warriors do in Game 2 that was different from Game 1 in terms of defensive adjustments? And what do you think the Celtics are going to look to do differently in Game 3? Yeah, I think the big one was they changed their matchups uh, right out of the gate. They they put Draymond Green on Jalen Brown. They put Clay Thompson on Al Horford. Uh, they left everything else basically the same, but that change uh, really made it harder on the Celtics. Jalen Brown got off to the good start, but then Draymond Green eventually, I think, just the physical play wore Jalen Brown down. A little bit after that, he got thrown out of rhythm with some early foul trouble. Um, but then Thompson, their, his ability to hold up against bigger players has been a pretty big storyline all year long for the Warriors because uh, what, what they can do that then is use Green it's kind of that rover and let him do some different things. Um, I thought they also just really tightened up their coverages on uh, you know the driving kick game. They stayed home 
on the shooters and force the drivers to try to make shots and plays versus overhelping and open up those passing lanes. Um, how Boston can counter that is, they're going to stay true to the driving kick game and continue to work it, uh, try to get into your actions earlier in, in uh, the shot clock, get, get the ball moving, get the players moving. And then, you know, if they're going to play these matchups, just screen out of them, hunt, hunt mismatches, uh, do, do a little bit more of what you did versus being content to just attack one-on-one. You know, JVT, what was interesting, too, last night was each team shot 15 for 37 from three, yeah. right? But Clay Thompson hasn't really brought it here in the first couple of games of the series. He was four for 19 last night, one for eight from three. Yeah, he's been kind of inconsistent. Keith Smith with us. So, Keith, you know, the other aspect of this for Boston offensively uh, has been the turnovers. Udoka talked about it uh, after the game yesterday as well. Turnover rate, non-garbage time minutes, 23.4%. I think it was 18 for the game. Uh, when you watch them in terms of these turnovers, which has been a big issue for them in some of these losses, some of them are unforced. Is it just as simple as the cliche, you just got to take care of the ball, and when they do, they're just going to be better on offense? Yeah, there's a lot, a lot of that with it for sure. I think uh, one of the big challenges last night was they weren't so many unforced. But I thought the Warriors did a good job, again, being physical. They got their hands in the passing lane. Uh, they had a lot of strips and those kind of things where the Celtics were just a little loose with the ball. Now, in the Milwaukee-Miami series, there were times when the Celtics were just throwing it directly to two players. There was a game against the Heat where they had uh, seven uh, turnovers that the Heat turned into steals where they threw it to a stationary defender that didn't even have to move. So that's something you obviously can't have. There were some sloppy ones in this game, too. I think Marcus Smart had a handful of those. I think that was part of why he didn't play as many minutes, why he made Doka one away from him a little bit as an initiator of the offense. But it's generally been when they have one of these high turnover games and it leads to a loss, the next game around, they bounce back, they clean up the ball handling, and they play much better. So the other thing that has popped up for Boston in this series, and this is two games now, um, the third quarters. What's happening in the third quarter? Because we know how good Golden State is historically under Kerr in the third quarter of play. They come out of halftime, make adjustments. There was a great piece written a while ago about Kerr, the way he handles these halftimes. Um, but what is it about the third quarter here against this Golden State team? Negative 71.2 net rating in these three, uh, these two third quarters that they have played against the Warriors up to this point. Yeah, I think you, know, you, you hit the nail on the head with some of it. It's the Warriors are all-time great third-quarter team. I think for the Celtics part of, of that equation, they, in earlier this year, and in, in really the last couple of years, uh, going into to 2022, they had been a bad third-quarter team. They, it, was, it was almost become a running joke among Celtics fans, but not one you really liked making, just of like, ah, can we just skip to, to the fourth here? Um, in 2022, they had largely cleaned that up, almost to the point where they reversed. And, and the joke was, you know, boy, you made Oka must be given one heck of a halftime speech. But now, just in the series, it's reverted. And it, it's really kind of unclear why. I think part of it is the Warriors come out and there's no ramp-up time. A lot of times you see these games get played, especially in the opening quarter. Uh, teams are kind of feeling their way and they're feeling their way into the game, and you're almost kind of playing that opening quarter to get it over with. And it feels like the Celtics are coming back uh, in the second half and playing the third quarter that way, and the Warriors are just, you know, uh, pedal all the way down, let's go, and really pushing as hard as they can. Keith Smith with us. Uh, follow him on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. All right, how do you assess Jason Tatum's play through two games? All the talk about is plus-minus of uh, minus 36. Plus-minus can be a very deceiving number at times. Uh, he shot the ball well. 
His defense is not great, but uh, what do you what have you seen from Tatum in the first two games? Do you like or don't like? Yeah, really uneven play out of him. And in game one, he couldn't hit a shot, but he really did a good job as a playmaker. He's still accepting all that extra defensive attention and finding shooters at 13 assists in game one. And I thought his defense was really solid in game one as well. They, uh, especially once they, they let him lock on to Andrew Wiggins uh, later in the game, he really took Wiggins completely out of it. And that left the Warriors kind of looking for offense aside from Stephen Curry. In game two, he shot it better with his jumper, but he still couldn't get the ball to go in when he was inside the paint or inside the arc. The Warriors uh, do their, their manual tracking of shots at the rim. It is really wonky. It's not a, it has to be a dunk for them to count it as a shot at the rim, which is very different from the rest of the league. But if you kind of go back through and look at it yourself, you'll see Tatum's just missing a lot of shots. And he had this problem earlier in the regular season where he's putting a lot of English on the ball as he was going up. He's trying to flip it around guys versus going in and just drawing the contact. Now, he did a little bit more of just, all right, I'm going to get myself to the line in the third quarter. But by that point, the game had already you know, slipped out of their hands. So they need him to be better. And, and he definitely wasn't as good uh, more engaged on the defensive end either in game two. Tatum with 28 points last night. He had three starters for Boston total, six yep. points. Horford, Williams, and Smart uh, last night. Uh, Keith, what's your uh, take now after watching two games? you think this is going to be a long series? It's going to go six or seven? And how much confidence do you have in the Celtics to uh, finish this thing off eventually? Yeah, I, I still I, – I picked Celtics in six ahead of the series, and I still feel pretty good in that pick, I, I think. Uh, there, there is a chance this goes six. It also would not surprise me at all if this goes seven. You have two teams that are very comfortable, I think, winning games at home or on the road. I, I think what we're going to see now is I think both have kind of shown what they can do offensively when they're kind of at their best. Uh, the Celtics in that fourth quarter, especially of game one, Warriors for most of that second half of game two. So I think now what it's going to be is are we going to lock in a little bit more defensively for both sides? And we'll see where it goes. And, and, and I still feel like the Celtics have a chance. What I've been kind of saying all day today is it's we tend to overreact to, to what we most recently saw. Mm-hmm. And if these were flipped, if they'd gotten blown out in game one and then had to come back in one game two instead of it being the other way around, I think everybody would say, all right, the Celtics figured some stuff out here. Now they've got momentum going back home. Instead, it's become the... Well, I don't know if they can win. You know, did they get lucky in game one? And and I, and I think it's you know just probably wins a little bit more in the middle of these are two pretty good teams that are still going to be going back and forth. Yeah, there's a lot of Warriors should be up two nothing in this series. Uh, when probably not the case. Keith Smith, hey Keith, we're up against it, but thank you for the time. Really enjoy your work. So it was awesome chatting with you for a couple. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Keith Smith, NBA. Where you want to follow him up on Twitter? Really quick, did you see we flashed him up? Um, how about Jason Tatum still being the second choice to win Finals MVP? He's put up the numbers in terms of points. With like overall um, performance? Yeah, I think the Stephen Curry even money to be MVP is Makes probably sense. accurate right. at this point. I'm not sure Tatum should be uh, plus 150 or whatever as a second choice. And Jalen Brown there at the third choice. But uh, obviously the next uh, 
two or three games are going to decide yeah. this whole thing anyway. We're kind of back to where we started here. Pretty much. Yeah. You can you can find Brown at 9 to 1 by the way. So if you if you're looking around and you still want to get involved, you can get a much better number uh, on Jalen Brown. All right. Uh, we'll come back. Any best bets that we have, we'll also get that uh, we have a Major League Baseball card. It's not a big one, but there's a pretty good game. We talked about the Mets in their weekend series. Well, they're still on the West Coast taking on the San Diego Padres. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr. And I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back. And joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
The Best Bets segment of The Edge brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches. Are you tired of the same old, same old when it comes to nicotine? Have you been looking, hoping, wishing for a more satisfying, discreet, or smoke-free way to experience nicotine satisfaction? Look for three letters. Z-Y-N, Zen Nicotine Pouches are a satisfying, smoke-free, spit-free tobacco alternative. They are available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide. So it's never been easier to find your Zen. Head over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. ZYN.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine, which is an addictive chemical. Zen.com. All right, so I found a variation of the stat that I was telling you off the air. Um, you know, there's this magical run, and this isn't exactly what I was looking for. I'll find the number that I was looking for, but this is still pretty good. Yep. Um, 79 and 9. That would be the winner of an NBA playoff game against the spread. Wow. As much as we talk about the number, <laughs> the number just does not come into play that often. No, it doesn't. And, so uh, uh, It's been the case in the first two games of this finals. As many would say, uh, simple translation, if you like the dog, bet the money line. If you like the favorite, lay it. The, the points, that is, not the money line price. You know, you don't any, know uh, any thoughts, early thoughts on where you might go for game three? Are you going uh, you know to support the Celtics in yeah. game three? Yes. I think the question, for me, the question is, like we talked about, we, we've seen this overwhelming support for Golden State at almost every, every single turn. Right. Am I, is it going to get to like three? Is it going to get to two and a half? in terms of the number for game three. I would think it doesn't. Um, already judging by, you know, some of the sharper opinions out there, uh, one of the emails that I got as well, uh, it does seem like some of the groups are going to be in on Boston for game three. Um, so uh-huh. I would expect that it gets to four before it gets to three, but Boston will be the play. Yeah. Not surprised. Yeah. I, I would be, if, if you see a three pop up and you like to sell it, lay the three. Yes. Because oh, uh, yeah. I think you'd be lucky if you actually uh, see a three Heading into Game Three, and I mentioned so I mentioned the poor numbers for the uh, the uh, the Warriors on the road in the postseason. It is very much worth mentioning that that carried over from the regular season, twenty five and uh, twenty three straight up uh, in for the entire year for the Golden State Warriors, twenty and twenty eight against the spread on the road. So it's not gone well. Anyway, I've got nothing in terms of best bets to add for today, and nothing to recap. So what do you got, golf? Recap? Yeah, we'll talk a little baseball here in a minute. I don't have a baseball bet, bet, best bet tonight either. We'll just recap golf from the weekend, the Memorial Jack Nicholas's tournament. In, uh, it was Ohio. off to a great start for you. It was off to a great start. Cameron Young and Will Zalatoris top of the leaderboard on Thursday. Here's where they finished. Willie Z tied for fifth. Cameron Young just uh, fell off the map. He and uh, Cameron Smith had uh, really poor weekends yeah. uh, when it looked like they were in the hunt to win this thing. But Cameron Young, Willie Z, played well to open the week. Max Homa also tied for fifth. He was a 42-1. to My longest shot, Aaron Wise, is my best shot. 77-1, to he finished second. Nice. He, he got, I think, within two strokes at one point yesterday, he just could not close the gap. Billy Horschel was just too good with the putter, and he knocked down an eagle putt I th- probably from about 45 uh, feet on, I would say, the uh, 14th hole to close it out and basically end it yesterday. So Aaron Wise – a runner-up for me at 77-1. You get like 95% of the payout? Is that what happens when you finish running? You do up? not. But no. I, w- I was able to hedge a little <laughs> bit on Billy Horschel the night before at minus nice. 190 because I thought I'm either going to hit 77-1 to or Horschel's going to win the tournament, right? There so that was in a pretty good position as far as that goes. A matchup winner with John Rahm over Rory, thanks to uh, Rahm having a big Sunday and Rory having a bad Sunday. So uh, we move on. We'll talk more golf. And we got – 
the U.S. Open, right around the corner, JVT. Actually, the year's third major, about a little more than a week away. Yes, and you said this the other day. Um, having the major set up like this is so much better. Mm-hmm. Not having to have like a whole month off in between them. Can't wait. Actually, it used to be two months off in between the Masters and the U.S. Open. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah, that's right. That's how math works. All right. Anyway, we go from there. Uh, let's clean up the baseball card really quick because hey, even though it's a short slate, it's an interesting one. And uh, one of the games that I wanted to bring to your attention, Mets are on the road against San Diego. We also have Arizona taking on Cincinnati. Uh, first off, though, Carrasco and Snell opposing one another. Blake Snell, fourth start of the season. We saw this open up as a pick, Matt. Uh, now we're looking at Padres upwards of minus 112. And we've seen Snell get better each time out, and he's gotten a little bit longer. Three and two-thirds, five and a third, six innings. Those are his three starts up to this point. And he's still pretty much the same guy. Mets have been pretty average against lefties, too. I think this is one where I'm not surprised that the market is moving in the direction of the Padres, given how well Snell has pitched. Snell's pitched pretty well, but he's not going to go deep into the game. Uh, I would think five, six innings tops is what you're going to get from Blake Snell. He's been pretty good. He's got a whip of 1.07. Uh, his numbers are not off the charts. Carrasco for the Mets has been solid as well. His underlying number two is freaking awesome. Carrasco. Carrasco's pitched 57 innings, allowed only three homers. He's actually got 51 strikeouts. There's a lot of positive numbers there. He's not walking many guys. His whip is 1.21. It's solid. Uh, the Mets hit the ball pretty well uh, over the weekend against the Dodgers. Uh, just because Snell has shown, I, th- I, th- I think, some really positive signs, I decided to stay away from this game. I thought I was thinking about backing the Mets here, but they're off the big series against the Dodgers, and uh, they got the wins on Saturday and Sunday. Could be a little bit of a flat spot for them here tonight. I'm surprised how well the Padres are playing. <clears throat> yeah. I think right now they're 12 games over 500. Yeah, and they're one of the best ROI teams in Major League Baseball. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the lineup – Without Fernando Tatis, they don't have a lot of big guns in the lineup. Manny Machado is doing a great job of carrying the offense, but the bullpen's good. Mm-hmm. The pitching's just, I think, solid from top to bottom. Mackenzie Gore has been great, uh, the rookie. Um, so the Padres, I don't think anything spectacular, but they, they've surprised me. They're hanging right there on the Dodgers' heels right now. Yep, and with an average, like the lineup's been good, but it's kind of been like a one-and-a-half, two-man crew for in terms of Machado and – like Hosmer was hot for a while. He's mm-hmm. kind of fallen off. Cronenworth had a big game on Sunday, so they're getting other contributions. But uh, And I think that's why you see this total so low because these two pitchers are performing well, and it's also a matchup of a Mets team that's average against lefties and a Padres team that's just pretty average overall, and Carrasco's been pitching pretty good. You know what's interesting, too? Manny Machado's got great numbers right now, 333, nine homers, 32 RBIs. But if you stack his numbers up to Pete Alonso, Bryce Harper, how about the guy that surpassed him in the odds? Huh? Mookie What's Betts. It? And Mookie Betts. Mookie well, Betts had an incredible May. Mookie Betts deserves to be the MVP favorite in the National League. I'm not sure Machado should be the second choice right now. I think it – Polar Bear Pete. Okay, I'll take that, yeah. Yeah. I think – I think they should be co-favorites. How about that? Well, Polar Bear Pete's a fifth choice on the odds board, and I think right now I would say he's second in the race to be MVP. Yeah. All the, the the NL MVP race is pretty intriguing because all five of those guys that are in that column on the left have a pretty good – like yeah. Paul Goldschmidt, we haven't even mentioned him. Uh, the Cardinals are 8-3 and three in their last 11, and yep. he's been freaking awesome. Uh, he looks he Cardinals looks kind of a sleeper team too. I, yeah. I, I like a lot about the Cardinals. If you're trying to find some value on the odds board, uh, I think the Cardinals might be a team that sneaks up on a lot of people this season. But you're right. Betts, Machado, Goldschmidt, Harper, Alonzo, all five guys are strong MVP candidates. And I'm with you. If uh, if the Cardinals acquire like a front-end like a, like pitcher, 
because I don't really love the rotation a bunch, but their lineup has been surprisingly good. There's a lot of contributors there. Edmund, Arenado, Goldschmidt, and others. Um, I, I think, yeah, they're a sleeper team. They're pretty interesting. Only half game back, I think, for Milwaukee, Even too. Even Harrison Bader's yep. pretty good player. Yeah, that, that was the other one, too. Uh, all right, the other game worth mentioning here, Mad Bum on the road, taking on Cincinnati. That looks like a pretty good opportunity for maybe some rain at some point. doesn't seem like anything crazy, though. Um, right now, Reds minus 118. And that was pretty much the opener, so we haven't seen much of a move. Totals up to 10, and you get Hunter Green on the other side. It's an interesting pitching matchup, Matt, because there are a lot of numbers that would point to Madison Bumgarner uh, on his way down in terms of some regression, and he has shown some in a couple of outings. If you look at the start against the Dodgers, got dinged up a little bit, start on the road against the Cubs, he got beat up a little bit. Uh, could be a spot in a park like this where Mad Bum is due for a little bit of a beat-up. Yeah, I would say if it was – Hot, humid conditions in the middle of the summer. This would be a game you bet over the total for sure. Yeah. Because like you say, if you look inside the numbers on Mad Bum, uh, he's going to get hit hard in some of these starts. He's not striking many guys out. 54 innings, he's got 37 Ks. He's allowed nine homers. But how about Hunter Green? In 48 innings, he's allowed 15 home runs. Yeah. His strikeout numbers are off the chart. He's got, uh, what, 64 strikeouts. But as Dave Koken mentioned when he was on the show with us last week, Hunter Green – yeah, he's got a 100-mile-an-hour fastball, but he's only got two pitches. Until, until he develops a third pitch, he's not going to be a really effective starter. I could see both of these guys getting lit up in this game. Yep, and uh, the weather seems to be potentially setting up for it, too. Uh, but again, we'll see if it actually rains out there because there has been uh, the thought that potentially you might see a light storm. Uh, and then that's pretty much it for the card itself. I mean, there's there's also you get Texas, Cleveland, Cal Quantrill's out there. Seattle and Houston will pose one another. Toronto looking to keep the good vibes going as well. They're at Kaufman to take on. Well, the Astros Kansas look like uh, pretty good favorites tonight, but it's, it's a big price if you want to lay buck seventy. Oh, and, and that and all of a sudden it's the Astros of old just because yep. the division around them is just completely falling apart. The Angels being the, the main contributor or, or culprit there. And now they're going to run away with the AL West yet again and see. Uh, all right, we're all done with the show. VEASAN.com slash podcast, where you want to go if you missed out any part of that. VEASAN.com as well. We have a lot of great stuff up there from a written content standpoint. Adam Birch got daily MLB best bets. Andy McNeil, the Stanley Cup. We haven't even talked much about that, but, of course, the uh, playoffs are well underway. How about that finish yesterday? Lightning Rangers was freaking great. Can't wait to watch what happens tonight between Colorado and Edmonton. Get all of your analysis up on the website, VEASAN.com, and make sure you sign up for our summer package, VEASAN.com slash summer. We'll see you tomorrow here on The Edge, same time. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. 
It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.